Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Thank you for joining me. This week, back by popular demand, Maria Wilson, Executive Director of Waverly Community House, talking about their designation as a National Park Service site and the special program that you can take part in this coming summer season. Speaking of summer, Dawn Webster, Advanced Practice Clinician Director with MedExpress, is joining us today. She has information on keeping your summer safe. And speaking of safety, we're getting set for the 4th of July holiday weekend. So you want to celebrate safely. Odyssey's Jill Wydra is here, and she has your invitation to the Scrantastic Spectacular. That's coming to downtown Scranton. Also, Paul D'Angelo joins us. He has everything you need to know about music, food, and fun coming to City View Park in Hazleton. Also, the city of Hazleton will be holding their Independence Day fireworks celebration later in the day. Speaking of being safe, Rebecca Ryback, coordinator of the Northeast Highway Safety Program, is here to remind you, don't drink and boat. And we're starting off our special edition today with Odyssey's Bob Cordaro. He recently spoke with Carissa Rolon. She's the executive director and CEO of the Burn Prevention Network. And she has the facts about what can happen if you don't handle fireworks Bob carefully. With you. And here she is. Carissa Rolon, we approach the 4th of July. Tell us a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, so I work for the Burn Prevention Network. And um, we're a regional organization. Um, we mainly cover 44 counties in Pennsylvania, but for we are contracted by the Commonwealth to do firework safety throughout the entire state. And this year, we're really honored um, to, to kick off our campaign in the Northeast PA region um, with a press conference at the Fire Safety House in, in Scranton the mayor out we had um numerous politicians we had the fire chief john judge and a lot of his team and um, we were able to really tell the public what we're trying to do well tell us tell us what tell us what was the what was the gist of the press conference what did you tell people what's the message you want to deliver to this audience yeah and I, i think it really comes back to something you were saying right before i came on it's about being inspired 
and um, I, the stories you were saying about the veterans are very inspiring. But for me, also one of the some of the groups of people that inspire me are the burn survivors. Hmm. And as an organization, uh, right now we have a camp that runs statewide. We take kids seven to seventeen who have been seriously burned. And we bring them together, take them to a camp in the Poconos called Camp Susquehanna. And it's going on right now as we speak. And not only do we have the kids, but we have adult burn survivors who are there. And, I mean, these are some of the most horrifying injuries that that anybody could ever experience. Yeah, and it's not just a one-time traumatic event. Most of these people have surgeries every couple months for the rest of their rest of their life. Mm. So it could be 30, 40, 50 years later, and they're still having surgeries, um, still having problems as a result of the injuries. And and because I've been able to speak to them, listen to their stories, it it really inspires me to get out there and let people know about firework safety. It's something that. You know, I love to I love to blow stuff up. When I was younger, mm-hmm. me and my sisters would go out to my dad's house in the country, and we would buy a lot of fireworks and set them off. And over time, I became I had to realize um, that fireworks are not a toy. They're they can be a very dangerous thing. And I tell people it's it's a lot like handling a gun. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't drink a twelve pack of beer and then go out and play yeah. with a gun. It's the same thing. Um, you don't want to be drinking heavily and then playing with fireworks because they're very dangerous and a lot of accidents happen. And there there's an inconsistency in when they detonate and how long the fuses are and all that. Tell me what is the if you know what would a typical July Fourth weekend. Uh, result in in terms of injuries um well injuries i'm not 100 percent sure but i do know last year in this um in the scranton area there were two people who passed away from firework related injuries um we typically have around 20 people in the in the state that pass away from firework incidents. um one of the stories we talked about this morning there was a, a boy in pittston and he was upstairs sleeping or in his bedroom, and neighbor kids were putting off fireworks that ended up igniting his house, and he did not survive oh the God. house fire. Um, so it and and there have been firefighters who have um, passed away from injuries fighting firework house fires. So it, it, it's something that not only endangers the person using the fireworks, but also their neighbors. And and our firefighters who are out there trying to control these fires. We're talking with uh, Carissa Rowland. She is uh, the executive director and CEO of the Burn Prevention Organization, and she mm-hmm. is uh, trying to trying to warn people to to be very safe with their fireworks this Fourth of July weekend. And they're going to, you know, the fireworks are going to start pretty soon. Really, you'll hear them for yeah. weeks before the holiday. Yeah, they're already on sale. Um, we have a partnership with Phantom, Sky King, um, most of the major re- retailers in Pennsylvania. And um, 
Oh, I should have mentioned in TNT fireworks as well. So anytime you buy a firework from them, you should receive a trifold that just reminds you of safety tips. Um, but people are out, they're buying fireworks already. People are already putting them out. And uh, we're just trying to get the word out because, you know, sparklers are something that a lot of people give to their children, not understanding how hot they actually get. Um, the sparklers are hotter than a blowtorch. Wow. And I, I, we used to run around with those things. Yeah, I used to give them to my kids. I have four kids, and they would run around with sparklers, and then as soon as, it, as soon as it went out, they would drop it and come back and get another one and run around. And they were in their bare feet, and one of them stepped on two of the sparklers and burnt the bottom of their feet pretty pretty severely. Um, so it's something that parents don't always realize. Even when the firework is done, it's still very hot. And it really is inappropriate for young children to do. So get a glow stick. And, and the glow sticks can be for the children, but the fireworks should be for the adults. Well, uh, and, and also, uh, one of the best things to do is to go to a professional display. Yeah. And, and then you get to see a beautiful display, hang out with others. It's a nice family event. You can get glow sticks for the kids to run around while they're watching the show. And uh, it'll save you some cash, too. I think all of us could could deal with some money in our pocket to pay for gas. Talking with Carissa Rowland, Executive Director and CEO of the Burn Prevention uh, Organization. And she's warning us of the dangers. And, and there's a safe use, obviously. I mean, if people pay yeah. attention, don't get smashed, go out there and enjoy them, have somebody who knows what they're doing in the group, you know, set them off for you and, and, and just apply common sense safety. Yeah. And have a bucket of water so that as you put off the fireworks, you can throw them in the bucket of water, make sure that they're out before you put them in the garbage. Hmm. Yeah. Any sort of last warnings or advice for us? Well, I think, you know, what we all want is to have a safe and, and enjoyable 4th of July and the worst thing that could happen is to have an injury to you or someone that you love and have that on your conscience. So really, it's just about, like you said, being responsible, using the fireworks when you're sober, you can drink after, and um, just making sure that everybody around you is safe so you can have a good holiday. Well, Carissa Rowland, thank you so much for spreading that message around Pennsylvania and through our audience we appreciate it very much, and you're welcome back anytime. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, and thank you to all your listeners. Thanks once again to Odyssey's Bob Cadaro for sharing his interview with Carissa Rowland, Executive Director and CEO of the Burn Prevention Network. The mission of the Burn Prevention Network is to provide burn injury prevention education, materials, and advocacy throughout North America. They're dedicated to empowering communities everywhere to create a world without burns. You can find out more by logging on to burnprevention.org. When we're talking about safety, we're also talking about safety on the water. And if you're heading in that direction this coming 4th of July holiday weekend, Rebecca Ryback, coordinator of the Northeast Highway Safety Program, reminds you, don't drink and boat. Rebecca, we're getting set for a big holiday weekend, and I know you have some things that you want to make sure a certain group of people, especially 
pay attention to when they're on the water? During the uh, 4th of July holiday, we like to focus on obviously DUI, a car driving under the influence when you're behind the wheel. But we also want to talk about driving under the influence while you're on the waterways on a boat. So they call that boating under the influence. So we want to make sure that everyone is aware that it is against the law to drive a boat on the water in Pennsylvania when you're under the influence of alcohol or drugs. How would someone know that your BUI and how do you get pulled over on a lake? The um, Fish and Boat Commission are going to be out like they always are. But over the holiday, they will be out on the waterways and they will be watching for any um, suspected boating under the influence activities. Uh, they will be out there checking. And we also want to make sure you remember that when you are boating under the influence, obviously, when you get off the boat, you may have to drive home. So when you're drinking on the boat and then you come off, you're also going to be driving under the influence behind your car. So it's actually kind of a double whammy there. So you really want to make sure that you are practicing caution over the holiday, that if you are going to be out on any of the lakes or rivers or any waterways in Pennsylvania, that no person can operate a watercraft while under the influence of alcohol or controlled substance, and they can't operate a vehicle either. So you want to make sure that you're either staying overnight somewhere, that you have someone sober driving the boat and the car. If you are at a party, you want to make sure you want to get home safely by calling an Uber. So it's similar to what we would tell you about driving under the influence of a vehicle. And this is not a new law. I mean, and it's not a secret. This has been since the 1980s. This has been a lot that you cannot drive a watercraft under the influence in Pennsylvania. Is it also possible that you could get other violations on the water, say, having to do with life jackets? There are laws with life jackets. The things that you want to look out for is obviously your alcohol impairment, how high your blood alcohol is. How many related offenses did you have? Did you have a, you know, your first offense? Is it your second offense? Um, things like that. So you want to make sure you watch out for that too. You know, there's also extra fines if there's if you cause serious bodily injury when you were um, driving under the influence behind a watercraft. And there's aggravated assault in charges also. So there are charges that you could have that are similar to driving under the influence of a vehicle. And while we're on the subject of that, I know that you're going to have reminders again when you're on the land as far as not driving impaired. Right. You'll see a lot of media, a lot of messages out there reminding all motorists to drive sober over the holiday. We're also going to have some media and some events about boating under the influence. And we just want to make sure that everybody is safe. There's also going to be extra patrols out on the roadways and, of course, on the water to make sure that everybody's safe this 4th of July weekend. And when you're talking about kids, again, I know that you're a big advocate of making sure that those car seats are in properly. Right. So if you're traveling over the 4th of July holiday or even not on the holiday, traveling for vacation, you want to make sure that everybody under the age of 18 is required by law to be in either a seatbelt or 
car seat, booster seat in your vehicle and, you know, just make sure that everybody's properly buckled up and in the right car seat that they should be in for their age, height and weight. Anything else you'd like to add, Rebecca, before we have to let you go? I also like to add that it it is illegal to operate a water vehicle. So that includes kayaks. I know that kayaks, Uh, became very popular, especially during the pandemic. Um, I personally know a lot of people who did purchase kayaks. So we just want to remind everybody that we're not talking about maybe a boat that you may see out on a a larger lake like Harvey's Lake or Lake Wampompak. But we're talking about even kayaks that you see people, you know, riding down the river and, you know, even Francis Locum. So we just want to uh, remind everybody to uh, make sure you are not drinking if you are operating any kind of water vehicle in Pennsylvania. That's Rebecca Ryback, coordinator of the Northeast Highway Safety Program. Coming up next, we're going to talk about where we can celebrate safely this 4th of July, places that will include professional fireworks displays. Paul D'Angelo and Jill Wydra coming up next on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now we're going to give you some places where you can celebrate safely this 4th of July. We're starting off on July 2nd. Paul D'Angelo is here. He has everything you need to know about music, food, fun, and a way to help others at City View Park in Hazleton. Paul D'Angelo, it is so nice to have you here. And you're going to get us all excited about the 2nd second annual Independence Day charity event. Paul, give us the background. How did you get involved in this? Well, a number of years ago, um, me and my family started talking about doing more than just donating money of our own to help different groups around the area. And we said, look, uh, we, we have an opportunity here as a family that we can pull together and we can not only put our dollars forward, but we can also help raise dollars and really make some sizable contributions to help various groups. And it just kind of grew from there. We talked about it. Uh, we're a very busy family. We've got a lot going on, but this is one of the most important things we all do every year and we look forward to it and we're excited about this year. Well, now that everybody's heard, when is it and where is it? The event is July 2nd, Saturday, at City View Park in Hazleton at 700 Poplar Street. Uh, we start out in the morning with registration for a, a race. It's a, a walk-run. Uh, there's a 10K run, a 5K fun uh, walk-run, and then a one-mile family walk. And then the event, uh, the race starts at 8.30. That's when we get things going. Let's go back a little bit now. You mentioned your family's involved in this. How do you do that? Get a whole family involved to back something. And we want everybody to know there's a lot of entertainment coming up, too. But let's talk about the family aspect of it. Yeah, that's uh, it really wasn't that difficult because, you know, growing up myself in the the Hazleton area, I was involved with a lot of local youth sports groups that I participated in and then my kids did. And for us, we've seen the benefit that it was to us later on in life in helping us with, you know, relationships that we had built, friendships that we still have to this day. And just the networking and overall help that it was to us in, in helping us in life in general. And when we think now about the future being the kids 
and the needs of the children coming up that are going to be the future leaders of our area. Uh, it's not tough to, to get the family to get excited about doing something like this. Kudos to you, because again, especially when you're dealing with family, sometimes everybody can go in different directions. But here you are all getting together for the second annual Independence Day event, and it is a charity event. So what charities are being helped by your event? Last year, we had a very successful year. We certainly would like to thank all the sponsors and folks who participated and uh, hope that all those folks come out and and surely are looking for a lot more Uh, people to join us because it's really a fun day and when you think about going out and having a fun day at the park and listening to music and food trucks and all sorts of entertainment events going on you think about doing that just for the fact of doing it for fun but on top of it all these funds are going to raise money to help these groups last year we raised combined between what our family matched in dollars and what we raised the day of the event uh, over a hundred thousand dollars that we were able to donate back to various youth sports groups, uh, everything from Hazleton Valley, McAdoo Little Leagues. I think there was eight or nine different groups that we made donations to that were sizable. We donated to Curing Kids Cancer. So there's some research that's going to have some new uh, methodologies to help kids with cancer. And then we worked with autism children in the area we, we did a, a whole backpack program in, in uh, three or four of the different school districts around the area, and we want to expand that further this year. So we're excited to help all the kids healthy, those who have some uh, needs. And, and, uh, and last year we were able to do that, and we're looking forward to doing more of that following this year's event. Well, of course, we're hoping that you're going to have more folks out there. And one of the things, if they're not if even if they just want to go and watch a run walk, the youth race and, and the family walk, but you also have an incredible lineup of talent. Yeah, this year we were fortunate to be able to get Jimmy Leahy, the guitar player from Sticks, to be out uh, for the day with us. He'll be there on hand playing uh, with the band. Of course, we get to hear plenty of Sticks music that day. And I'm sure he'll be on hand to possibly sign autographs and get some pictures as well. We have our car and truck family collects cars and has a truck display that's quite incredible. Uh, we'll have some professional athletes on hand signing autographs. We'll have uh, an auction with with a lot of autographed memorabilia items that people can bid on and potentially win, as well as uh, plenty of events for the kids uh, to be involved with. And, and then we, we can't have an event where everybody's out having fun without food and drinks. So there'll be plenty of food trucks on hand. The Benny Band. That's amazing. We are going to hear a lot of Sticks music. And thank you for that, Paul, because they're one of my favorites. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll be there. So I'll be there from early. So hopefully, Paula, you make it out for the event as well. Well, I would love to do that. Now, I did notice about registration. The registration is for some of the events that you have coming up. Can you explain that? Yes. The registration is for the race. So the race is going to happen early. You know, registration will start 7.30 in the morning. And the first race, the 10K, will go off at 8.30. So if you're going to be doing that, we would appreciate if you would pre-register. But if you don't pre-register, we will have on-site registration early in the morning starting. Uh, so you can register right on site. And, and then uh, the same registration will apply for the 5K and, and the walks as well. But for the other events, there's no registration required. Just show up. 
and join the festivities, uh, participate in uh, tricky trays or auction or any other items that are happening, you know, throughout the day there. There's no need for anyone to register, just show up. And what about a cost? Is there a cost to get into the event? No, no cost to get into the event. Throughout the area of the event, we'll have various places where we'll be asking for donations. So, you know, if folks will be kind enough to donate money, but we have no no requirement. If you want to just show up and enjoy the entertainment, that's quite all right with us. Well, Paul, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and you issue the invitation Saturday, July 2nd, where, when, why? It's all yours. We would love to have everyone come out and participate and join us for what's going to be an incredible event July 2nd at the City View Park in Hazleton at 700 Poplar Street. It is our second annual Independence Day charity event presented by the Paul and Lisa D'Angelo Family Foundation. The reason why is let's make a difference in in the lives of, of our future leaders and have some fun doing it. All right. Anything that we've left out, Paul, that you would like to make sure our listeners know? I'm so happy to be involved and able to help everyone in the community as well as I appreciate your help in getting the word out to folks in the area because it's really important that we have a great turnout and a great event this year. And I know you told me in the very beginning before we started to chat that there was a little bit of problem with the weather last year, but I have it on good authority. Won't happen this year. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you, Paula. And last year also, we were dealing with still some complexities from the pandemic that was going on. And this year, fortunately, That seems to be behind us for the most part. And with your good graces, Paula, we're going to have a beautiful day. Well, don't hold me to it, but I'm going to give up my best shot. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, Paul D'Angelo. And again, that's happening at City View Park in Hazleton, July 2nd. Later that afternoon at City View Park, the City of Hazleton Independence Day fireworks celebration will be held. And the fun's not over yet. Odyssey's Jill Widra, event director, has your invitation to the Scrantastic Spectacular that's coming to downtown Scranton. And Odyssey is proud to be a part of it. (laughs) Jill is here and she's got the information that everyone needs to know about a big celebration coming up and The best part about, well, there's lots of best parts about it, Jill, but I think one of the best parts about it is it's safe when it comes to fireworks. Welcome. Tell us about it. (laughs) Yes, it's definitely safe. Um, So this is actually going to be our 10th year doing this event. It's this fantastic spectacular. And it's crazy because I'm saying 10th year, but really the 10th year would have been um, 2020. (laughs) Um, We haven't had the event in about three years. So um, we're really, really looking forward to it. And it's a safe event for family. It's it's family friendly. We have lots of different things going on besides the fireworks. Um, To start out, it's a fantastic spectacular. So it's spectacular. (laughs) We have lots of different things going on. We have food trucks that are going to be set up all around Courthouse Square in Scranton. It's all taking place on Sunday, July 3rd, and everything starts around 4 o'clock and goes until after the fireworks are over, so probably a little bit after 10. So we have food trucks set up all around the courthouse square. We have some local craft vendors, um, local businesses that are just going to be setting up, and of course, a great kids zone where we're going to have some bounce houses set up and some games for the kids and some face painting. 
uh, the amazing Franco is going to be there and he's going to be doing like a juggling act and just a lot of different stuff, you know, to bring the kids out and bring the families out. And I guess we have to ask, is there a cost? <laughs> it is free. So no, no cost. Um, you know, great community event, great way to get everybody together, especially after everything we've gone, you know, gone through for the past, what, three years now almost, it seems. Um, so yeah, it's a free event. You can bring anybody you want, bring a chair if you want to, you know, take out a location to watch the fireworks. Uh, the Northeast Pennsylvania Philharmonic members from the brass and percussion section are going to be there and they're going to be performing on the main stage at eight o'clock, about a 90 minute set right after them. We'll have the fireworks that are going to be shot off from the Casey garage. And it's a great fireworks event because the fireworks are actually choreographed to music on our, our stations. So um, you can listen on the stations if you can't make it there as well. And there's also music from local bands. Is that true? Correct. Yes, we have our uh, side stage and we have four local acts that are going to be on that. A couple solo artists, as well as a local band that's going to be performing. And, you know, we're just trying to get the community, you know, out there to, to see these people. Some of these, some of these artists are people that have never really played in front of a, in front of an audience before. So they're really excited and, they just want to get their music out there. They have albums that are coming out. I mean, they're local artists who have albums. I mean, who even knew? <laughs> oh, that's nice. Because again, you're not only providing all this great fun and family activity, but you're giving some local talent a boost. And I'm sure they really appreciate that. Exactly. Yeah. Most of them are so excited. We have an opener. Um, she's great. Her name is Emily Cooper. Um, never played anywhere before. She's very, very excited to be to be opening that side stage. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. Obviously, our, our personalities from the radio stations will be on hand as well. We'll have some games going on at our, our, um, our tents and whatnot. And lots of fun things to do. So definitely something to do on a, a Sunday. It's a great it's a great time this year because it's a Sunday. People don't usually have work on Monday. It's 4th of July on Monday. So, you know, you can come out, enjoy, not have to worry about, you know, going back to the grind, hopefully on Monday morning and just have fun with the family. Well, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. You issued the invitation. Give us everything we need to know for the Scrantastic Spectacular. All right. So Scrantastic Spectacular taking place on Sunday, July 3rd. Starts at four o'clock and it's going to be all around the square downtown Scranton. Lots of food vendors, games for the kids, bounce houses for the kids, local music, the uh, Northeast Pennsylvania Philharmonic, and of course, fireworks taking place at 935. If you want any more details, feel free to um, head over to our website. And that is wearescrantastic.com. And we want to thank all of the businesses that are helping make this event possible this year. Of course, all with Lackawanna County. The Lackawanna County Commissioners sponsor the event every year for the past, like I said, 10 years. And they really help make this possible. Scranton tomorrow, definitely somebody that, that we constantly are working with to help make the event great. And our title sponsor this year is the Lehigh Valley Hospital, Dixon City. So, again, we want to thank all of those partners for helping us make this event great. And um, we hope to see everyone there. Thanks again to Odyssey's Jill Widra, event director, inviting you to Lackawanna County's Scrantastic Spectacular in downtown Scranton on July 3rd. And don't forget, July 2nd, the Paul and Lisa D'Angelo Family Fundraiser at City View Park in Hazleton. Now, don't go away when we come back. Summer safety and 
a place that you might want to visit this summer on Special Edition. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Next on Special Edition, don't ruin your summer fun with an injury or even a painful sunburn. Don Webster, Advanced Practice Clinician Director with MedExpress, has some reminders that you should take with you. Don Webster's here, and we're getting ready for summer, and something tells me, Don, that you have some things that you want us to know. Yes, so MedExpress in the summer is busy, busy. Some of the things that we most commonly see in the summer are tick bites. We also see weather-related, warm weather-related issues like dehydration, sunburn. We also see general wound care, stitches, strains, sprains, broken bones, and then also other bug bites and rashes, not just from ticks. Let's talk about those ticks because, again, you're out, about, and then all of a sudden you feel something. What's the first thing we should do? So the first thing you should do if you find a tick is remove it. And the easiest way to remove it, if it's an area of your body you can access, is by using a pair of tweezers and grasping it as close to the skin as you can and pulling it straight out. You don't want to try any of the other things. You don't want to put oil on it or heat. You just want to pull it out as quickly and easy as you can. And then what? Well, then you want to wash the area with soap and water. And if you think the tick may have been in, longer than a day. So if you were in the woods, for example, two days ago, and you haven't been in the woods since then, there's a good chance that's when you got it. So then it would be important to worry about the transmission of Lyme disease. So what you want to do at that point is give your family doctor a call, go to MedExpress, let them know you had a tick, you think it was in your skin over a day, and you can take an antibiotic dose that will prevent the transmission of Lyme disease. Is it possible for a tick to fall out on its own? Yes. And so unfortunately, most people with Lyme disease cannot even recall the tick that they had or having a tick that may have given it to them. So how would you know that you had a tick? For example, when you get a mosquito bite, you get a bump and it's very itchy. Is there anything like that with a tick? Yes. So the classic 
thing you look for is a bullseye type rash. So it is a red circular rash with a central clearing. So it looks like a bullseye. And it can show up anywhere. It doesn't necessarily show up where the tip was. And it can show up on multiple parts of your body because essentially it's, it's early Lyme disease. So even if the tick was in your arm, you may get that lesion on your leg. You may get it on your back. You may get it on multiple spots of your body. So unfortunately, it, you just kind of have to be aware. And typically it's not painful. It's not itchy. It's just red and you see it. All right, let's move on to something else, which is itchy, bug bites. What do we do for those? Because boy, they can really keep you up at night. Yes, they can. So the best thing to do for bug bites is to to try to prevent them if you can. So to wear a bug repellent. And unfortunately, if that doesn't work or if you, you know, got caught outside at at dusk and just kind of got bit up, then what you want to do is you want to try to take antihistamines. So those are the over-the-counter, the Benadryl, Claritin, Beartech. Those are going to help with the general itching. They also have topical products. So topical products sometimes have some lidocaine in them, which will kind of help numb the area because sometimes they're painful also. And then they also will typically have a mild steroid in them to help with the inflammation. Now for kids, you can also apply cool compresses or ice packs, and that's going to help with the itching and irritation also. And probably... Don't scratch. Yes, try not to scratch because that's what ends up getting um, the infected, the, the infection starting is from all that scratching. One of the other things you mentioned, those sprains and strains, because we're out doing all kinds of different things. So when something like that happens again, what's our first line of defense? So the first thing you want to do is in the summer, people just tend to get up and jump into that outdoor volleyball game. Always remember to stretch, especially as we get older, you know, our bodies take longer to warm up. And I don't know if you've ever heard of weekend warrior syndrome, but it's typically the the older individual that kind of jumps up and goes and cuts the grass or starts doing yard work and they hurt their back, they hurt their leg. So when, when you get older, your muscles aren't as flexible. So it, even things that you wouldn't have necessarily needed to stretch and warm up for before, you're going to need to now. So essentially warm up, get everything loose. And if something hurts when you're doing it, stop doing it. Don't keep pushing your body. And when we do get those things, what, again, what should we do first? Heat, cold? So it depends. It depends what type of injury it is. If it's muscular, so if you pull a muscle in your back, then it really is good to alternate the heat and ice. The ice helps relieve the pain, whereas the heat, increases blood flow to that area, which is going to essentially help heal it. So it also will help with muscle spasm and tightness. So alternating heat and ice is always helpful. Now, if you sprain your ankle, for example, and it's swollen and it's bruised and it hurts to walk on it, ice is the best in that scenario because the ice is going to help with that inflammation and it's going to help with the bruising. You also want to keep it elevated if it's an extremity. So you're going to want to raise it up so lay on the couch, pop your foot up on a couple pillows. And then if it hurts more than a day or two or you can't bear any weight on it, you definitely want to get it checked out. You want to get an x-ray, make sure you didn't do more damage than just a sprain or strain. And sometimes you may not even know whether you did or not because it just hurts and that's all we know. Anything else, Dawn, that we may have left out that you'd like to add today? The only thing I'd to refresh people on is, is sunburn. So always use a sunscreen in the summer, especially on overcast days. You don't always think about it. 
but really try to put that sunscreen on before you go out in the morning. Um, now, a lot of times, moisturizing cream for, for women has sunscreen in it, so try to pick that up at least in the summer if you can. It's really best to use it all, all year round, but we really want to try to protect our skin from, from the sun also. And that goes for kids. Yes. No matter where you're heading this summer, you should always pack your good summer safety tips and take them along. And speaking of summer, if there's someplace different that you're looking to go, you might want to visit Destination Freedom, the Underground Railroad walking tour at the Waverly Community House. And the Waverly Community House recently became a National Park Service destination. Here's Maria Wilson from the Waverly Community House with all the information. Maria, welcome. It's very nice to have you here with us. The Waverly Community House. We've heard a lot about it over the years. There's always something happening. Can you give us a little bit of the background? Of the Com? I'm happy to do it. The Com's been here over 100 years. We just celebrated our centennial anniversary uh, in 2019-2020. It was it was shocking that our doors had to be closed uh, as we marked that anniversary, but um, we're coming out of it actually stronger than ever. We're a 501c3 charitable organization and with a mission to provide educational, cultural, and recreational opportunities to individuals and families in the region, and we do that year-round. The doors are open to the public without a membership. And we have everything from summer camps to educational programs to an art gallery to a preschool thrift shop. And of course, our one of our new programs, the Destination Freedom Walking Tour of Waverly. That's just it in a snapshot. And I encourage anyone who's interested to just stop by the com anytime. And there's someone here who could give you a tour and show you around. We have outdoor recreational facilities, the playground, tennis courts, playing fields. And it's a great destination for the whole family. And a beautiful location at that. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm glad that you brought up the designation for Destination Freedom. Congratulations. Explain how that happened. Well, we started this program, the Walking Tour of Waverly, as part of our, our greater archive project a couple of years ago. And it is a walking tour to the historic town of Waverly. It's an educational program that focuses on the abolitionists who aided free slaves or runaway slaves on their journey north while assisting them in building, you know, one of the largest black communities in the region during the 1800s. So that program, there was a lot of interest in it. There's been a lot of interest in it. There's a self-guided tour. We have guided tours. And we've actually started a little museum here at the Com, a special exhibits gallery. So as, as the program grew and developed and became more refined, one of our staff members, Gia Ravello, uh, applied for designation through the National Park Service. There's an application process, which is actually quite rigorous. And first time around, we needed to do a little bit more work, but we were accepted this year into the program, which is a high honor. It's not easy to get this designation, but it really legitimizes and highlights what a great program it is. Although it had a great reputation before that, this designation is really just a high honor for it and puts us literally puts us on the map. Exactly. And you're right up there now. We have two in Lackawanna County. Yes. Well, that's what's so exciting. That's what Alexa from the Tourism Bureau was thrilled about. She thinks it's wonderful and we agree with her. Absolutely. Because again, not everybody can get a National Park Service designation. Now, for the folks who are not 
familiar with the Waverly mm-hmm. area. Can you give yeah. us a little bit of a, how the tour goes, what you see as you go along, where it starts, and sure. maybe even how long it takes? Um, it's really well suited to any time frame. There's a self-guided tour that begins in the con. If someone, they can call ahead or just come to the con. There's a visitor center, Waverly Welcome Center. And in, in that Welcome Center, which is in one of the wings, there are maps that allow participants to do a self-guided tour and they actually start at the common, the back of the common. It takes them around the square and up the hill to the cemetery. We do also have guided tours that are anywhere and that process self-guided can be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half, depending on how long, how far they want to go. Uh, and there are teaching materials that go with it. We also have guided tours that can be made by appointment and those are quite popular for Families take them, small groups, large groups. The Qantas were just here. The Scouts have been here. The library just had a large group. And those can be an hour. They, they walk around. Many of the homes are around the square of the comm. If you're familiar with Waverly, it's set up as a historic village on, the, on a square. Many of the homes on the tour are around the square. And then down Abington Road and then up uh, the hill, which is Carbondale Road to Hickory Grove Cemetery. And the tour can extend that far. And that many people take their cars up to the cemetery. So that can take an hour and a half. But again, it can be modeled to suit people. We've had people in wheelchairs take this tour. So it's really for all ages and, and abilities, but it's quite lovely. And they everybody comes back to the comm at the end of the tour and can visit the special exhibits gallery if it's a guided tour. Although this summer, the gallery will be open from nine to one uh, every day. So if someone's interested, either stop by the comm or call us at 570-586-8191 and ask for E.J. Murphy or information about the, the tour, and you'll be directed to the appropriate person. We also have a website, and it's waverlywalkingtours.org. And again, that will get you to someone who can help you get here just so you can take the tour. There are fees associated. That was my the next question. Tours, the, the self-guided tours are completely free. Come by, get your brochure, walk to your heart's delight. The guided tours, there is a fee associated uh, with that for the tour guide. And there's a sliding scale on those. Uh, there's a brochure. And on the website, there are costs. $50 if there's 10 or fewer people, $50 for the tour, 10 or more. It's $75. The, the full-length guided tour, which is for the hour-and-a-half, two-hour tour, it's 10 or less is $100. And if it's 10 or more, there's 150 The self-guided tour is free. We also have field trips for classes and um, you know visitors that worked out a, a little differently. Again, there, there's a variety of tiers of how you can do the tour. And, of course, there's always great things that are going on otherwise at the Waverly Community House. And our listeners, some of them may not even know that the Waverly Community House itself is a legacy in Lackawanna County. Oh, ab- absolutely. It was given as a gift by the Bielen family in what, 1919, out of affection for the community and the benefits of the community. And it's just grown and evolved uh, over the years to the point where we're serving thousands of guests and visitors, visitors, residents every year. So, you know, this summer we have a whole lineup of outdoor concerts. We have a cars and coffee coming up on the outdoor uh, on the 26th of June. We have an art show opening this, this Friday with uh, featuring two very well-known artists on June 17th. The mission was established when it was founded and it was really 
the, the business model, so to speak, the vision of the commons really survived so many economic cycles, so many different cycles over a hundred years. And it's, it's really thriving. And we celebrated a hundred years really in a strong position and serving more people than ever. And, and the reach conti- continues to grow. So it's been a, it was a great gift to the community by the Beelan family. And uh, we remember, and, and part of our archive project, you know, recognizes that those contributions. And we do have a, a small museum here that reflects on that contribution and the, and the calm, interesting hundred years. And when you're also talking about support, you can always use yeah. the support from the community. We can always support from the community. So even with a free guide, we have a little donation basket out. People do donate to the com, um, and we're really fortunate. And they can, you know, we take donations any any which way, um, either by calling us or checks can be mailed to the Waverly Community House, PO Box One Four Two, Waverly, PA. But we are very dependent on support from the community, and thankfully, the community. Uh, is generous. We're in the middle of our sustaining fund drive now, and everything that comes in through the sustaining fund goes to operations to keep the doors open and keep these wonderful programs uh, available. Because we, we do pride ourselves in being able to offer really top-notch local programs that are affordable uh, so that people don't have to stray too far to come hear a, you know, a wonderful concert, uh, see a beautiful film, hear a nice lecture, go to a fitness class. If the walls could talk, they would have so much to say about all the hundreds and thousands of people who've been through here over the years. There's nothing, it's very an in-person experience. We've sort of stayed away from being virtual. Even during the pandemic, we tried to keep going as much as we could in person. Well, I think now that you have the designation as part of the National Park Service, you're going yes. to find that you're having more visitors and from outside of the area. Well, because there's this passport program with the National Park Service, and if true devotees of the National Park Service take it very seriously. And if they do the walking tour here, we do have a passport stamp, and they can get their stamp. They, they, they were at a designated site, designated by the National Parks Park Service. We're just beginning to feel you know, the, the, the repercussions of having this designation, because it opens so many doors for us, and it, and it puts us on the map for so many other you know, projects and people who are, who are interested in the history, you know, the larger history of this community and of the country. It's a nationally recognized program, which has national significance. So we're really proud of all the work that went into it. And once again, the calm, another example of when someone says, there's nothing to do around here. <laughs> right. Come to Lackawanna County. There's a ton of things to do here. We really feel like we're making our place alongside so many other attractions here. And I think the Tourism Bureau for Lackawanna County, um, Alexa for the Tourism they do a marvelous job of promoting the area and drawing people in to the area. And you just have to, you just have to step outside your front door to find it. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball 
your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.